Hello and welcome back to Tell. My name is Boosie and this podcast is on poker and luck. I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello. I didn't say Andrew Neely today. You can't you can't break from tradition just because of one <laughs> commenter. If you have learned anything on YouTube, you can't let one person get into your mind. Sure, let <laughs> commenters rule <laughs> the channel. That's true. They do. They do run. They run my life. They run you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I make all my decisions based around the comment section, especially the negative ones. Focus on focus heavily on those. So. It's key key to life key to a healthy happy life yes do whatever the trolls suggest i'm not saying shillette is a troll (laughs) i went further down the comment uh conversation away from you shillette how was your week andrew dimi uh it was pretty good can't complain can't complain about this week i uh i achieved my goal by the way you did yeah congratulations i think i did at least remind the listeners of the podcast what your goal was Goal was to get the uh, the top tier rewards level on WSOP.com. Wonderful. So basically you have to like play a lot of hands. Did you make money in this process as well? Yeah. Uh, we're up a little bit. I'm, st- I'm still very much on that learning path of Pot Limit Omaha. But so uh, you played Pot Limit Omaha exclusively. Strictly. To reach this goal. Yeah. The occasional tournament too. But yeah. The four card Pot Limit well, congratulations. Well, the thing is that normally there's a, a notification from the site when you when you eat, when you achieve each level, and I haven't gotten any sort of notification yet. <laughs> but it does say zero points to go and 100 percent of the way there. But I don't know what's going on. So uh, there's an there's an email to the support team in my near future. Maybe they just overwhelmed with the sheer number, the sheer volume of people who are trying to get this elite. What was the elite status? Champions called? Club. Too many people trying to join the Champions Club. That's what's happening. Maybe they're going to send someone over here because it's such a big deal. <laughs> with the black card. With like uh, like bottle service. You know how <laughs> they bring other people out with like the sparklers. And yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, you think that's going to happen in Corona times? You miss those Vegas days? I mean, maybe they can just be a drive-by, you know. A drive-by sparkler celebration? That's right. They'll just call you to come downstairs, mm-hmm. and then there'll be the drive-by with a banner saying, congratulations, Andrew Nimi, you've yeah. reached. That'll be cool. Champion, champion status? Champions club. Champions club. Get my status right. Oh. My elite top-tier <laughs> status. So yeah, that was good. Uh, I uh, had the apartment to myself for about 24 hours. 30, maybe. 30 hours, yeah. To be exact. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I went on a little jaunt to Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. Such a lovely little place. It's so hippy-dippy and just so lovely. Right. Well, you came across some actual hippies, too. What do you mean? Oh, people living out of a... Normal society, living in tents, being one with the world, yoga teachers. It was a, a short-term community. Ah. You know, so they were there for a month. It's not a, It's not an ongoing lifestyle change for these folks? No. A lo- I mean, there was, like I said, there were programmers, there were yoga teachers, there, there was a CEO, 
Like the lady mm. who put it together is apparently a CEO of some tech company in San Francisco. Really? Yeah. Can you tell me this? Uh, I don't know if I did or not, but yeah, it was really interesting to see. It's kind of like uh, Burning Man, but for an extended period of time because everybody who went to this community had to bring something to share. So whether you were offering, you know, like you were going to make breakfasts for people or cook dinner or lead a yoga class. So there wasn't any actual money payment. So, so you weren't, I mean, the people, you weren't staying with these in this little encampment or whatever. No. You were at an Airbnb. Yeah, I was not um, invited. <laughs> well, you didn't know what was going on, did you? <laughs> well, I, you I found out about it when it first began. You would have brought some banana nut muffins <laughs> and they would have welcomed you <laughs> with open arms. With open arms. Because boy, do you make a good muffin, baby. <laughs> Carry on. I didn't see any of everybody who was at the camp. Um, and we had to, you know, wear our masks to even be allowed on the property. Um, but I think there definitely should be more opportunities for people from varied backgrounds to just be together. Sure. Like one guy was building an app, a dating app. And, you know, somebody else builds out vans, you know, these sprinter vans that you can now live in. Yeah. Uh, and then... My girlfriend's a yoga teacher. So very varied people all congregating in this like. How do we facilitate that? People of various backgrounds getting together rather than everyone from the sixth floor at the office building getting together. Yeah. And it's not even that. I mean, it's not even people from the same floor right it's usually like industry specific so mm -hmm. all the programmers together all the dancers together yeah. um i don't know exactly i think there needs to be opportunity um should it be forced maybe she get a reward for it somehow government issued reward what does the government gain by it nothing probably more cohesive society less uh uh angst and class fighting stuff situations like there are now i mean but think about the opportunity to have what are they called they call them something in like the tech world but these like collusions of opposing ideas when you have people that are not of the same i don't know industry don't know um but you know the idea i'm talking about like intersectionality of mm -hmm wildly different ideas mm -hmm. you know you don't know what a i mean you can kind of think what a yoga teacher and a tech person could come up with but mm -hmm. you don't know for sure so i always find that really interesting and i wish there was more opportunity for that yeah um actually my girlfriend uh friend felicia has in las vegas they have what's called leadership and they do something similar where they have people in different industries around town get together. And the first, I think it's like the first half of leadership, with, which is a year long, you don't really know what people do. You're not allowed to say, no, it's not the first half, but it's a good chunk of time at the beginning of the program where you're not allowed to ask people what they do for a living. Mm. Um, so you just get to know a person or you just get to know people. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I think like in America, we're sort of known for leading with that. Like, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Yeah. yeah. Just the, 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 the phrase, what do you do, is like a standard opening-ish line. Yeah, because people use it to categorize you. You know, it's mm -hmm. either if you are in a similar field, you're like, oh, how can 
I help this person or how can they help me? And then also, do I need to give this person my time? Because it could be a waste of time if I'm so like career focused and this person spends their life p- painting flowers. What are they going to do for me? I'm sure poker players would uh, benefit a lot from some sort of uh, uh, interaction with, with other people, forced or not, with other uh, career types. Because a lot of times poker players just stick together and then they're sort of like off in their own matrix or unplugged from the matrix kind of situation. But what about all the people that play in casinos that, you know, there's a lot of businessmen that are not really mm. in the poker world. That's true. You do play with a lot of other people at the po- at the poker table. But you're just referring to, you know, I assign myself the label of professional poker player. Mm-hmm. And so I just hang out with other poker players. Right. Mm. So one of the ladies, apparently from this community, mm-hmm. has an Airbnb in Idlewild. So she's been at this community, so hasn't been to her Airbnb, obviously, in a month. Okay. And her son's friend went there to pick up a bike and found a lady just living there. Mm, in the Airbnb. Yes. She wrote in the guest book, so it's not like she was trying to hide that she was there. She had groceries, <laughs> flowers, the hell? board cushions. How did she know that it was going to be available for so long? Apparently, there are people that go on these sites like Airbnb and VRBO mm-hmm. and look at the when the property is unavailable. Mm. And what's crazier is that in California, apparently, if you did not break and enter... You've done nothing wrong. Get out of here. So if somebody is in your house and they didn't break a lock or a window. Get out of here. They didn't break the law. Get out of here. (laughs) That was the funniest story I heard in my 24-hour jaunt in Joshua Tree. So like, will they like wake up in the morning and like check to make sure that the place is still available that day before evacuating? Do you think? I guess, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, especially a site like VRBO, you know, people have minimums, so five-day minimum, so if it's not booked, then you know that that week, you probably have. Yes, but can't you book it, like, same day? Sure. So. But you can also look at places that don't have same-day booking, where it needs to be approved first, so you know that somebody's not just going to show up. Okay, Interesting. But very c- apparently, there's a uh, people that do that. Smart. And I was like, "Why? Well, so I clever. would never think to do something like that." So is this, is this person homeless, or she just does this for fun? Do you think because he's buying groceries and stuff? Well, I think we we were all speculating. <laughs> yeah. But you know, possibly there's some like mental health issue there. Um, hmm. A lot of uh, potential, though, if they're figuring this out. Yeah. Either but also, way. I'm like, how do you get in with the keypad? Yeah, how did that work? So we were, I was thinking, okay, maybe she had stayed there before. Hmm. But even if she had, you usually change the keypad with each new. I would imagine, yeah. But maybe you don't. Maybe if she's you just, a hacker. I know. Hacked her way in. All this, getting all this free stays <laughs> all over the world. What a life. Yeah, but I thought that I'm was impressed. really interesting. That's cool. So slash scary and terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. California Imagine walking into your Airbnb and having somebody just chilling. Yeah, that'd be annoying if you booked a stay, <laughs> packed all your stuff, drove four hours to California, yes, and someone's in there. 
when this the son's friend arrived and said, "I'm staying here tonight," she just scurried off, took her stuff, and dang, that's scurried sketchy. Off. But then it's not clean. But also, you don't know when she'll she'll be back. Apparently, that's what you wrote in the gifts book. I'll be back. I'm You'll never know. When I'm, I'm looking forward to my. I've been here twice. <laughs> this is my second stay, and I'm looking forward to coming back again. Creepy. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, lady. <laughs> so yeah. Um, huh. Yeah. But the park is beautiful, and if you haven't been, Joshua Tree, you should check it out. So it's like a park. Didn't know that. It's I thought it was just like an area. It's a full-on... I mean, there is the Joshua Tree town. Right. But it's a full-on national park. It's massive. Town and park. Town and park. Try them both. <laughs> See what you prefer. It is easily... I mean, it's easily 5X Red Rock. The size of it. Yes. Sure. Okay. It's beautiful. So, Red yeah. Rock's not really that big. Nothing in Vegas is that big. Okay. Well... <laughs> There's that. Nothing in Vegas is that big. Aside from the MGM Grand, that's pretty big. Is I, it? I think it might have, at one point it had the most number of hotel rooms in any hotel. Oh, really? I don't know if it's still the case. I don't know that. I didn't know that. All right. Are you ready to fall in love? It's Andrew, that time again, huh? It's that time. Falling in love. Falling more deeply in love time. Okay. Let's do it. So we are working our way through the 36 questions that lead to love. These questions were published in the New York Times. And we are on question number eight. All right. And question number eight says, name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. Hmm. Hmm. You're going to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I think the obvious one is the professional track that we have been on. Um, which is like pretty non-traditional. And I think we were both interested in that from day one mm -hmm. uh, of like meeting each other. So I think that's a big one. I think we both like doing things like socially and uh, like going out with either each other or like the occasional dinner out or having dinner with friends and stuff, but also like value time alone. Mm -hmm. So I think that's... Another. <laughs> Struggle seem to be struggling a little bit. <laughs> um, we both like banana nut muffins. <laughs> okay. Made by you. <laughs> I don't know. We both like travel. Hey, that's mine. Stolen. Okay. I think that's a big one. So that's my three. Okay. What we have in common. Come up with something good. I think the love of good food is common sure like i would die if you were just like food is just fuel <laughs> and okay you just only wanted to eat protein shake drink protein shakes and eat egg whites that would have been i mean the bodies that come from that are gorgeous <laughs> but mm -mm, no mm, so you're saying my body is not quite gorgeous <laughs> whatever next your body's perfect okay sure perfect <laughs> And uh, what else do we have in common? Well, I stole a lot of the big ones. Yeah, love of travel. It's easier for me because I get, I get to choose from everything. Now you have to choose from three less than everything. Experiences over things. Mm -hmm. I think we both. That's a good one. 
I think we both uh, value having an experience than buying a thing. Mm. And one thing that I've made common in our relationship is not buying each other gifts. Hmm. For the first Did you part. do that? Or did I just stop buying you things and you're like, I guess we're not doing this anymore? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was very uh, explicit and intentional about it. Huh. Say no more. I didn't know we officially agreed to that like permanently. I mean, I don't. I think it's a No, I think it's, it's more of a, there's no pressure. So there's no pressure to have a birthday gift or a Christmas gift. Mm. But if you bought me a gift or I bought you a gift, which we still do. Yeah. It's nice, but there's not this like pressure of having okay. to like show up with a gift on your birthday i think it's just a carryover from when we were broke <laughs> <laughs> so we're just like yeah just keep this going anyway you think so i don't think so because you bought me more gifts i think when you were broke <laughs> than when the nowadays yeah so i don't know what don't does know that either. say about you i'm not sure <laughs> i don't want to know <laughs> um we'll see we'll see how that that could uh evolve over time but and i think but i do agree we both experience experience we both value experiences over uh material things right and i think as well with our families so that i have three none not like you so like there's uh, a deep love and appreciation for being with family but it's not like either of our family takes over any of our lives yeah so i think that's that's something in common because there's obviously a lot of relationships where you know you just spend time with your family only or my family only or mm. that type of thing yeah good answers all around all right <laughs> uh number nine for what in life do you feel most grateful do you want to go first hmm that's hard. One thing, most grateful. Honestly, I think perfect health. Yeah. You know, above relationships or because without my health, I wouldn't be able to pursue any of these things anyway. Mm. So, yes, I, if I had the best love and I was bedridden, okay. It's nice to know that somebody would be there to look after me, but health is what I'm most grateful for. Yeah. How about you. That was also my first thought really? and probably also, I, I agree, because if you don't have health, what do you have? Uh, a close runner-up challenger to that is just having uh, opportunities to like do whatever I want, pursue whatever I want, mm. um, you know, having not only just shelter, but like a nice place to call home. And just, yeah, not really have to worry about, like, what so much of the world's population has to worry about. Yeah. But, yeah, like, if I was in this uh, lovely little apartment, but, like, my legs were constantly as sore as they were this past week, <laughs> like, for my entire life, then life would not be as enjoyable no matter what sort of lovely little apartment you're in. That's got nothing to do with health. <laughs> Lake I'm saying, stiffness. I'm not saying like s <laughs> from paintball. I'm saying if I suffered from sort of some sort of chronic pain. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's move on to question 10, <laughs> shall we? Okay. Whoa. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Hmm. Are you going to go first this time? 
Sure. I mean, uh, I think we've pr uh, privately discussed this in the past, but... Uh, you ready to share it with the world? <laughs> yes. Uh, I would probably change... I mean, so like my, my, uh, my upbringing was very much like filled with love and support, you yeah. know? Um, so like on that front, my parents get like a hundred, you know, but I was never really like, uh, I guess, so they, they like really encouraged, um, uh, doing well in school, you know? So for the most part, I always had pretty good grades. Um, I think like the flip side of that is, um, like a deeper understanding of like entrepreneurial type stuff mm -hmm. or just like you know grinding a job so i don't know it's kind of hard to do like all of that so i think i might choose like maybe a little bit more balanced of uh experience coming up as a kid as a young man um learning a little bit more about like the real grind of the world rather than the civil war for example you know in mm. school sure <laughs> so a, a little bit less focus on that sort of a thing more focus on like getting out there in the in the real world hmm. what would what do you think that would have changed which is uh, an, an ancillary question my question um well i think i mean so everyone sort of ends up in the real world on the on the grind you know and there's so much of that info so i mean like so much I feel like in school they teach you things that it's such a wide variety of things like in case something might be of interest to you and then you can go down that path. There's probably other reasons why they teach you this this stuff, this uh, propaganda type material, <laughs> which we don't need to go into. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You're just, I, I feel like I, I feel like it took me a while to sort of like understand like what uh, hard work in the real world sort of looked like and what was required in order to get traction mm -hmm. um i feel like that could have been learned earlier yeah mm. okay i probably obviously in an ideal world i would want to change a lot of things the thing that had the most impact on me oh this is a hard one <laughs> take your time baby what would i change would i change the amount of money my parents had <laughs> But that's not the way I was raised, right? I guess you could say something like that. So, but that's not really about the way you were raised. Sure, I mean it depends no, how but you. it is. Depends how you interpret the question, I guess. Right, like if I was raised and my parents had less money, anxiety, it would have changed the things that I valued sooner. So for me, like understanding who I was and how I want to show up in the world versus chasing jobs that are promising more money, right? Mm. So for example, like I was like, oh, I want to study economics because you study economics, you work in business and boom, you're just gonna have like all the money. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is like, if you're not really into that thing, it's hard to make a lot of money from it anyway mm -hmm. so i think if i could change my parents financial situation and then how they looked at money then yeah i think that would have been different so like valuing the things that you are a maybe have an aptitude for or things that you're more interested in yeah versus just chasing like 
jobs or career paths that promise a lot of money. So is that like, did your parents like nudge you towards that sort of a thing? Sure. Like my dad was very against the arts. My sister uh, went to art school and that was a huge conversation. That was like a year long conversation where my mom was like, you have to let her go to art school. That's what she's into. And he was just like, I don't want her to starve. Artists don't make any money. Sure. So I think if we had more of like, but that's not how the world worked then either, right? Because I think before accountants and lawyers were more rewarded more frequently than somebody trying to be an artist, Mm. even though we had in our family, like one of my dad's cousins was an artist and that's all that was his life. Like he painted and, he was just the coolest guy because he was always high, painted, <laughs> had cocktails, just living the life. And I was just did like, okay, how can I, why am I not allowed to live this life? Did he live like a meager type life? Or? No, extravagant. He had the best house. What the hell? Yeah, he had the best house. Uh, sold. So he sold his art to like, you know, famous uh, South African celebrities and really? stuff like that. Yeah. So that was like that created dissonance right so i think my older sister that's what she was inspired by like oh i i have this aptitude and here i see a live example of somebody who is making money from art Mm -hmm. and she made money from her art even while in art school she used to sell her paintings um i wasn't like more that artistically inclined but i think just the knowing that you could do more than just these like business lawyer doctor type careers and not fear that you'll starve yeah so yeah that's that i'm sure my mom is gonna be watching this so don't worry mom you did great you did a great job (laughs) yeah i mean there's so many things that i think my parents did a good job a very good job with with i imagine it's like what they had right it's pretty tough to uh to be perfect in every uh aspect is it though is it probably pretty tough <laughs> i'd imagine probably kind of tough yeah 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 like my parents they always they would say like you know just do the, I, I assume they would sum up their uh methodology uh in terms of like just saying like just we just want you to be happy like do what makes you happy mm-hmm. but i mean which is great that's awesome it's just like a slightly on the esoteric side i feel like you know it's just like it's tough and like say like so i would you know they we had the drum set you know at the parents house which is like that's got to be like a pretty big embracing of letting your kid do what he wants sure. and having them be happy. Having having a drum set in your house as they're learning the drums. Jesus, I can't <laughs> even imagine. Thank God they have those electric drum sets now. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're, I mean, so like we had the band with my friends and stuff when we were in high school or whatever. Um, but just sort of like have to figure out how that works as a kid you know i feel like sometimes some of the real like successful musicians have like music industry parents or whatever and they know that like okay so you do this you go to the like professional studio and you like do this with your promotional work and and blah 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 right so um yeah that's sort of like i think there's something to be learned from like the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial side like i was like i was saying but Sure. I, I mean, there's also like the idea of. Don't worry about it. You did fine, mom. <laughs> okay. Shall we move on? Yes. All right. Um, ooh, 
Okay, we're going to skip this one. Question 11 says, take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. You already know it. Uh, it no, I think we can... It's boring. You don't need to know it We again. can use that question in another one because question 10 was a lot more in depth. Okay. So question 12 says, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? Any new quality or ability? Yes. Like superpower or like actual like normal type human stuff? Well, it doesn't specify that, baby. I read the question. It says, <laughs> having gained any oh, one your interpretation, quality though. or ability. <laughs> I mean, if you want a superpower, have a superpower. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? While I think of something good. <laughs> Uh, wow, these are hard now. The first couple were like easy. I feel like I'm pretty reasonably happy with the qualities that I have. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's like some skills that I wish uh, I had, like public speaking to a live audience or like best guitar player ever, you know, different like skills like that. Um, qualities I feel like I'm mostly okay with. Aside from maybe like some social anxiety type stuff. <laughs> um, so then you got to get into like superpower stuff, I think, from that. Okay. So like if I could know tomorrow's lottery numbers. <laughs> if I could foresee the future. Because then like sometimes I definitely focus on the numbers, like the money numbers too closely rather than the pursuit of something that makes me happy, you know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like just having the money and not having to worry about the number anymore and just focusing on what makes me happy that would free you to just focus on yeah the what yes the what so that would be i don't know what superpower that is exactly but like because i don't want to know all of about the future i only want to know enough about the future to capitalize on it dollar wise so like if you knew that Bitcoin would go from thirty six hundred dollars to twenty thousand in twenty twenty. You would have then bought. Well, there's a much easier way. Bitcoin. There's, there's a much easier and faster way. Just like knowing, like like, like I said, the lottery. Yeah, because that's a huge lump sum. So you want because I can instantaneous. only. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you don't want to know like stock price of Zoom three months from now. No. Okay. Because you need, you need more capital to capitalize on that bigger. Right. So if I, the, the lottery is like the biggest return on like $5 that there is. Okay. So you're saying you only want one, you want the quality to be one time use. This is not a genie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Your superpower. quality or superpower doesn't have to be oh, like a one time use. Well, right? that's like if you have, if you wanted to develop the, the quality of compassion, for example, right? Yeah. Like, do you want to just be compassionate one time and then the rest <laughs> of the life you're not Well, that's what I said, because I don't want to know everything about the future. I just want to know one instance of one <laughs> aspect of the future. Okay. Fine, x-ray vision, whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, I flying, mean, the ability to fly, that's a good one. Well, where are you flying to? Just for my own entertainment. <laughs> okay. The ability to time, no, not time travel. Um, what's it? Warp time? Like, yeah, when you just show up in China instantly. Uh, I, there's kind of time travel, no? Whatever. No? Okay. Give me yours. Uh, yeah, that I was just about to say they asked for one. Go on. I don't hate the human experience, so I don't think I want, like, a superpower quality. Because 
that comes with its own issues too. Like I have it, somebody else doesn't have it. Now I have the responsibility to, no, I don't want any of that. I don't want, no. But there is that thing that I struggle with sometimes, which is, so you know when you learn something new, there's the op- there's a time when you should go ahead with the limited knowledge like you have the basics mm-hmm. and you should just continue forward in the on that path right to get better because that's how you get better yeah instead of staying here and learning more and not doing the thing all right but there's also a time when you don't know so not knowing is going to cause you a lot more grief you know what I mean? Like if you, does that make sense? So for example, I'll use a poker example, even though I don't play poker. If I went to a one-two game with a decent buy-in, right? And I know the basics of poker. So I'll have a good time at that game. Okay. And then I win like $50,000. So instead of progressing through the stakes, I'm just like, why? I'm just going to play 200, 400 with Doug Polk. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I should know that my skill level for as a 1-2 player does not, is not sufficient to play 200, 400 heads up, even though I have the bankroll to do that. Okay. And so sometimes I find myself looking for more information first instead of just, like, using the information I have to get on the path and do the thing. You're not okay. getting it. Okay. I think so. So what is the thing? What is the... So Quality? I would want the ability to know the difference. Like know when I'm just supposed to do the actual practical thing hmm. instead of learning more about a subject mm-hmm. or when I need to learn more about a subject before I just throw myself completely in the thing. Hmm. Another example is like baking a cake. Like I know the idea, I know the basics of baking a cake, right? You just put the ingredients together, mix it up, put it in the oven. Like, I don't need to lo- read a book on how to bake a cake. Yeah. But if I wanted to make some, like, super fancy pastry from Jean-Philippe's, then I probably do need to learn some, like, techniques, the f- you know, the French pastry chefs use to make that pastry just so. Like, okay. So that the meringue doesn't flop or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So I've given two examples. You understand now? Somewhat. <laughs> Because I think that that, yeah, like sometimes that stops me a lot. Just like I'm talking about my work, like in trading. Like sometimes I know that I should do the thing, like try this new strategy first based on the information that I have instead of going, no, I need to learn more about options before I ever place an options trade. Okay. You know what I mean? So if I knew that quickly, Mm. then I think that would be a good ability to have. Wow. Okay. I think both of our answers are kind of all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Should we try again? No. Just leave it as is. Yeah. I mean, we're supposed. Are you falling more in love right now? Sure. Of course. Of course. Getting to know you on a deeper, more confusing level. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Should we do one more question? All right. These questions are getting uh, very deep. Yes. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Mine's easy. So. Hmm. 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 Will I ever have a pet cat? Aww. Just kidding. That's not it. 
Should I go first? Because <laughs> you don't want yours to suck after mine. <laughs> well, I feel like all of my answers keep coming back to money. So, I mean, I guess it would be interesting to know, like, what will my uh, peak net worth be <laughs> by, like, age, <laughs> by age 60 or so. Okay. So that I just, like, sort of know and don't have to, like, stress about whether it's going to get to this number. Yes. You know, so I guess that's one thing. Yeah, I snap said how much money I'd have. Yeah. When I saw, after reading the question, <laughs> I was like, how much money will I have in this I think we lifetime? obsess over money a little bit too much in I this household. So. Yeah. Um, the other answer potentially would be, will we have kids or not? Because really? then we don't have to... Worry about it. Talk about it. Yeah, not necessarily talk about it, but like have it take up a lot of... Mental space. Mental space and stress over like getting into the the correct financial and personal situation before making the decision and all that stuff. So one of those two flip a coin, either one mm. kids or cash kids or cash. So yours <laughs> is the cash. Yours is the kids. Sure. Okay. Kids or cash. Yeah. All right. Um, interesting stuff here. Yeah. So next week we'll start with the take four minutes and tell your partner, your life story. In as much detail as possible. I don't know. Just that skip one that one. Boring. Okay. So, uh, shall we go ahead and listen, take a look at some listener feedback? We should. All right. We have a question. Hello. Question from an anonymous French listener living in San Francisco. I wonder who that is. Um, I think it's Jean Francois. <laughs> of course. If you had to choose one. And only one poker game for the rest of your life. Which would it be and why would it be PLO? <laughs> yeah. No limits getting too close to solved for my liking. PLO, no one's solving nothing yet. We got a message from Kevin. And Kevin says, Hey, Boosie and Andrew, was watching your newest episode of Tells while procrastinating at work. Yes, that is exactly what Tells is for. Exactly. You asked whether or not we should measure love. No, absolutely not. Not everything in life has to be measured. Mm. Feelings, especially strange ones, such as love, don't need to be rational, rationalized to that extent. I think that's a product of capitalism, where everything we do has to be ranked to see what is valuable because it involves our time, and time is money. I agree with Andrew that it can cause more anxiety. I disagree that it would help analytical people it attempts to turn relationships into a series of inputs and outputs when it should be fluid and based on the needs of the specific relationship there isn't a relationship tracker for hud there's no way no need to track your all-in love equity <laughs> anyway stay safe and i look forward to the next episode well said kevin thumbs up <laughs> i agree i agree that you agree with me <laughs> James, uh, a listener of this podcast as well, said we should not measure love. He says, and I said, but Andrew needs to learn the GT GTO way to love me. Which is just what? How do you learn poker? Study. S study. study. Yeah. Put the time in. Yeah. Study me. Okay. Learn the GTO way well, to study. love me. I'll study you. Okay. That's not like that. Um, Thanks for the uh, message, Kevin and James. So um, I guess we'll not be measuring love. Yeah, smart. No tiles 
out. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the messages, Kevin and James. If you would like to get in touch, tell them how I left. Hello at tellspodcast.com is our email address. But if you would like to use your text fingers, you can write us a message at 702-690-9299 or call and leave us a voice message. We want to hear your beautiful voice. I dare you. I dare someone to call us and leave us a voice message and then listen to yourself get played back on this show. I double dare you. What? Are we five? (laughs) Are we five? (laughs) I dare you. You won't do it. (laughs) Okay. You ain't got it in you. All right. I think that's all we have time for. Thank (laughs) you so much for listening to Tells. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, Leave us a comment. We enjoy reading the comments. And also share it with your friends. They might like it too. And until next time, bye. 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 Bye.